Hello, happy Tuesday, everyone. My name is Terrence Fox, Head of Innovation with iAdvise, and thank you for joining us for this week's Conversation With, where we spend time with innovators, leaders, and thought leaders, excuse me, trendsetters, I should say, in the CX space. Today, uh, again, like last week, uh, we have a real treat for you. At the end of every week, my marketing lead, Fritz Lauer, and I sit down and, and prepare for next week's Conversation With, and again, I, as I mentioned, am, am uh, astonished with uh, these CX titans of leadership and uh, trendsetters we've been able to wrangle onto this program. So thank you all for tuning in. And of course, thank you uh, to Shep Hyken last week. And this week, Colin Shaw, uh, the founder and CEO of Beyond Philosophy, a five-time best-selling author and speaker, and the co-host of the highly successful The Intuitive Customer podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's on Spotify or Apple's, Apple Music, I believe, as well. Uh, so tune in. Uh, and Colin, welcome. Can you hear me? Good to see you. Okay. We got Colin. We've Well, I'm Colin now, but all right, there we go. <laughs> Colin. There you go. Who's Colin? Yeah. Take, yeah. We'll, one of those books rather than Where's Wally is Where's Colin? Yeah, yeah. We'll switch it up today. Uh, so thank you so much for joining, Colin. What did I miss? I know you like to fish also. I don't see any marlins hanging behind your head, though. Is there anything that I missed? Uh, no, I, I enjoy football. We were we were talking a bit about soccer the, uh, before. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, those are my main passions and just um, being with the family in these COVID days. Yeah, a lot of time. Um, and uh, I think I may have told you already, I have an 11-month-old daughter. So if she tries to slap on the door, you'll you'll know why I have to stand away for a second. Yeah. Uh, but Colin, I like to start these sessions, of course, with getting in your head a bit. I want to learn what you're learning and what you're focused on. Uh, so typically the question is, what book are you reading now or have you read recently that you've enjoyed? Uh, anything come to mind? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, um, it's actually this one. Um, which is uh, Alchemy, the Surprising Power of Ideas That Don't Make Sense. Um, this is by a guy called uh, Rory Sutherland. Uh, Rory's um, a vice chairman at uh, Ogilvy. Uh, mm. And um, uh, he, like myself, he's big into behavioral science uh, and understanding all those things. And he attacks it more from a uh, advertising perspective, Ogilvy, obviously big ad advertising, but uh, yeah, that's the one I'm uh, currently going through. We actually had Rory on our show uh, a few weeks, a uh, couple of months ago now. And it was oh, the intuitive uh, customer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's switch sides a little bit, Colin. Uh, you're a consumer. Yeah. Tell me about an experience you've had lately that was particularly memorable and why was it? Okay, so um, the the one that I would cite, it was memorable, but probably for the wrong reasons. Um, and this was a, a digital experience. Uh, and this was, um, in fact, I'm just looking for them, but um, I think they're on my face. Uh, this was uh, buying some glasses. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I guess it may, I, I was just disappointed with it. So this is a company called Glasses Direct. It's the first okay. time I've done it. Um, and uh, basically, you go on. They good idea. They you know they send you frames, so you get frames in the post. You can try yeah. the frames on. Um, you choose the frame that you want, and you know you 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 um, then send them the, your prescription and stuff like that. 
and, and I guess what made it disappointing for me was, uh, I, so all of that sort of worked quite well, um, but when it came to placing the order, uh, I placed the order, was now waiting for the glasses to turn up, um, and after about three weeks, they hadn't turned up, so I, mm -hmm. I started to go, well, where are they, basically? Yeah. I uh, went online, um, nothing online, so the online experience, there was no form of sort of tracking or what, what was the issue. Basically found out that the glasses had gone into the, um, gone into, um, uh, an email had gone into my spam folder telling me that, uh, that they needed a, they needed a measurement between my eyes, believe it or not. Okay. Wow. And, and I'm going into this in a bit of details because I think this is yeah. be touching on some of the subjects. But, that but you're wearing the glasses now? They fit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so here's the weird thing. They basically, again, I don't have a copy of it with me, but they basically said, stick a credit card over the top of your head. Okay. So they can measure the distance between your eyes because they obviously got a, but which I, I thought, hold on, this doesn't feel, you know, then I'm now yeah. buying an expensive pair of glasses. Anyway, I won't bore you with it all. The, the other thing that sort of annoyed me was they'd sent me one email saying to me could i do this which i'd missed but mm -hmm. they sent me 10 promotional emails and they hadn't chased any of they hadn't gone hey look we haven't had a reply from you and your glasses are waiting but they were they were trying to constantly sell me more stuff so um i think it just shows for me sort of the internal nature of these organizations and part of the learning for me is you can digitize the experience but the danger is is that you digitize it in a non-customer centric manner and all you're doing is you're digitizing a poor experience basically um and i've got other examples of, of that type of thing so that's what i think is one of the big challenges particularly as we go go forward with covid and uh, the impact that that's having and stuff like that and that's a big danger i think yeah, well, and that's a good point because, of, of course, we spend a lot of our time talking about the ideal channel to reach customers on. And our big poll is that there's only over 5 billion monthly active users of messaging today. Uh, why are they engaging with you, Colin, over email? You know, is that uh, an issue that's likely to keep happening? Well, funny enough, I did look for, um, I always look for the chat facility now to, you know, mm -hmm. to message back and forth. I had another interesting experience with Amazon a little while ago where I was interacting with a chat facility uh, and uh, a knife had broke that we'd bought, um, a kitchen knife, and I was trying to send it back. Uh, anyway, it was clearly I was dealing with some automation, but then at some point they passed the chat over to a human being. Mm. Now, the point I'm trying to make is the human being then asked me exactly the same questions that the, 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 the yeah. chatbot had asked me, which right. again goes, it's just like classic telephone phone call, right. you know, where you you tell everything to one agent and then you have to tell it to the next agent that you passed on to. So right. the, the big danger is for all of those things is that you're, you're, you're just digitizing a poor experience even in the messaging arena. Yeah, right. And uh, I was talking to Shep Hyken about this last week, you know, when you're speaking uh, to a bot or to automation in that in that segment, you're not talking to a real human. So that loses that kind of authenticity and that uh, that human connection that, of course, you're looking for. So not only are you repeating yourself, but you've already had to deliver the information that was supposed to be used to arm the agent, uh, delivering it again. 
you know, which is obviously yeah. extremely frustrating. Yeah, I think the issue for me is that, you know, therein lies therein lies the future. Mm. Um, therein lies the, that's how things are at the moment. Right. But the way that I look at this is the challenge is to humanize the technology. So I don't know whether I'm talking to a bot or not. Right. Now, an interesting part for me was in one of the interactions I've had recently with a chatbot, uh, the issue for me was I'd asked a fairly complicated question, right. but it actually came back to me too quickly. So it made me realize I wasn't talking to a human being. Right. Now, on one side of it, you go, does it matter? Well, no, it doesn't, as long as I'm getting the information that I want. Yeah. Um, but I guess the interesting part is you pick up these little subconscious signals, even in the speed of response that you get, where you can tell whether you're dealing with a, with a computer or a person, basically. Well, so that's an important talking point also, Colin. And I, you know, I'm going to just enjoy this tangent uh, as long as we decide to take it. But I know you had on your uh, Intuitive Customer Podcast recently a segment on trust. And part of it was, you know, being upfront. Uh, I think one of the five rules you shared it was authentic. Uh, tell them what you're going to do and do what you're going to do. Be consistent was another. Um, but there was a portion of it where you mentioned, uh, Colin, that you know, be upfront, right? So, how do you feel about that uh, potentially ambiguous scenario where a visitor doesn't know if he's talking to a bot or a human? Uh, and then that sudden realization that they are talking to a bot when maybe they thought they were talking to a human. Uh, do you think it's putting the best foot forward or? I, I, so, um, I mean, at the end of the day, what I want, if I'm coming, if I'm a customer, what I want is an answer. Yeah. I don't mind the fact that I'm dealing with a, with a robot. Okay. If it gives me the, the answer I'm looking for in the way that I would expect a human interaction, a human interaction to follow. Okay. Right. That's another key part of it. But uh, I, I think the issue for uh, the issue for me is I wouldn't say so. It's a bit again the same analogy is outsourced call centres, you know, right. where where you're where you're phoning somewhere around the world and they say, "Hi, my name's John Smith. I'm from Sheffield in England," and you think, yeah, yeah. "No, you're not." You know, <laughs> why are you trying to tell me that? You know, um, now that in the early days of outsourcing is what organisations were doing wrongly so. So I think, you know, there's no reason why you can't say I'm on this chatbot and, you know, welcome to Marvin the Paranoid Android. Right. Um, and I'm happy to answer, you know, ask the questions. Um, but, you know, at some point I would be going, let me pass you on to, you know, I can't deal with this or whatever else. Let me pass you on to, uh, to a human. I would expect the human, though, to be able to, to uh, not ask me the, the, the same questions that I've just gone through. Of course. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have found myself in scenarios in the past. I, I run a lot. I did a triathlons for an extensive amount of time. And I'll talk to someone who in that scenario is John Smith and they'll assure me that they're able to help me. But then when I really get down to it, I need to know if the heel toe offset on this running shoe is of a certain sure. amount or else I'm going to sprain my ankle, which is an issue I have. Sure. Uh, and then we get into that beyond superficial sure. level of product detail and sure. suddenly they don't have it. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I have certainly seen that myself as a consumer. But I think that's where, 
again, you, you then go to where does the future lie? Right. You, you then realize that what actually happens is the bots are taking off, rightly so, the, the lower end of the interaction with the customer, which yep. is giving the, the agents to deal with those higher level, more valuable in, interactions. Now, clearly, with the advances of technology, at some point, you know, that, that boundary where it shifts from bot to human is going to, you know, increase and increase and increase. But there's got to be some points where you actually, I don't want to be talking to a robot if I'm, if I've got a real issue that I'm upset yes. about. Right. So again, by definition, it means that the robots have got to determine the, how they've got to determine the emotion, how emotional that customer is. Right and when to shift it over to someone. So let's get right to uh, what I'd like to discuss is my next talking point. I think it was three days ago, uh, you had a podcast um, with your co-host. I don't want to forget his name. Is it Brian? Uh, no, Professor Ryan Hamilton. Ryan Hamilton. Uh, and you guys have a nice, you use this word a lot in the conversation. You guys have a nice syn synergy amongst the two of you. So yeah. Uh, yeah. very good conversation. Although Ryan is a um, professor, he also used to be a stand-up comic, so we just have okay. a bit of a laugh when we're doing it as well. Yeah, um, but uh, this session was on customer science, yep. and you had an analogy that uh, what this, and you were doing some real forward thinking here, imagining this to be the future, uh, but your analogy was what the iPhone did for several different functionalities, whether it's, you know, maps, uh, I think it was MapQuest I used to use a lot, uh, you know, messaging, phone calls, uh, it consolidated it into an all-in-one. Uh, yeah. And your analogy was just that for customer science, right? It's now going to be what we learned from, uh, you know, Colin's echo in his kitchen. And I think you used your doorbell. How many times is his doorbell ringing a day? Does he have a kid? Yeah. All of this is going to be packaged for uh, customer science to help brands allow, you know, make the right decision and how to engage and how to personalize. Yeah. Um, when and how, how are you seeing brands start to adopt this today? I, of course, we have Amazon in that example, but you know, as someone uh, for some smaller brands, what are you seeing? I guess is the what I'm looking for. So, um, what what I'm seeing is it, the analogy I would draw is this is a bit like when I started doing customer experience stuff. So I, I literally wrote one of the very first books on customer experience. So the point I'm trying to make is back in those days, nobody really ever heard of the topic and it's yeah. a bit like customer science, right? People right. are probably sitting there listening to this thinking, what in the hell's that basically? Um, so um, the, the what I'm starting to see is I'm starting to see that fusion yeah, uh, of, of three things, which is, right. Um, technology, you know, and particularly AI, um, big data, okay, uh, and behavioral science. Now, behavioral science is effectively understanding how people make decisions and the fact that people are not rational people. So right. one of the things that we talk about on the podcast uh, is we go into all of this uh, understanding customer irrationality and understanding why people do things that they do okay right. um and, and i guess it like the iphone and i was making the point that like the iphone you know it, it, I, it what struck me was i i always remember watching a video with 
with um, Steve Jobs where he was talking about how they created the iPhone. Mm. And, and I always remember him saying, you know, the, the touch screen on an iPhone, that technology, he didn't invent. That was sit, sitting in Palo Alto. And all he did was see it and suddenly went, bloody hell, I could use that along with this, 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 and this to create an iPhone. Right. So what I'm seeing is, and what a, 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 a proponent of this, uh, uh, although there's an interesting sidebar, uh, a proponent of this is, is Amazon, okay? Right. You know, think about the data that you can now collect, okay? Uh, and you think about what Amazon know about you. Uh, and, and again, we talked about this in the podcast, but briefly, you know, they know what I buy. They know the groceries that I buy because I buy some groceries on there. They know, as you say, how many times the doorbell's rung. They know, you know, when I talk to the Echo and ask it what time, what radio station. You put all of that lot together and you can start to, 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 to look at behavioral segmentation and you can start to, to analyze really the underlying traits of why people are doing what they do, okay? Right. Right. Um, and you couple that with AI, um, and you couple that with big data, and suddenly it becomes a really powerful tool, okay? Um, and one of which is, you know, that Amazon, I think, are in the, in the forefront of doing those things. I think the challenge is that, what organization so big data is not new okay right. behavioral science isn't new you know ai isn't really new but it's the fusion of those three things together that for me create this phrase customer science that i've started to hear people talk about uh, and i think that you know the the fusion of those three things together i think is going to be exceptionally powerful and when you think about those things, and sorry, you can tell I'm passionate about no, it. No, no, this is good, yeah. Um, when you think about those things, um, you know, if you, one of the things I always say is, or, you know, or, or, or um, repeat from Disney is, you know, Disney know that when they ask customers what they want to eat at a theme park, Disney know that people say they'd like to have a salad uh, at a theme park or an option of a salad. Right. Disney also know that people don't eat salads at theme parks. They eat hot dogs and hamburgers. So there's a big difference between what people will tell you they do right. and what people do. Right. Okay. So not to talk politics, but back in 2016, not everyone was saying that they were going to vote for Trump. Okay. Um, but the next day, it suddenly become you know, um, the reality, as it were. Right. So what I'm saying is that what people tell you and what people do can be different things. So how do you find that out? Well, you find it out in the data, which is the big, the big data, yeah? Right. But the key is you can't just look for it. You, you've got to understand what you're looking for. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So, so how do I interpret this data? Well, I need to have behavioral science to interpret this behavior, to be able to look at it in a, in a different way. And that's what, you know, Amazon are doing. They, they are, they've got behavioral scientists um, that are looking at the data to see how people are doing, what they're doing, why they're doing it, how that therefore applies to segmentation, therefore what offers to give to people and so on and so forth. 
Yeah, I wonder uh, I wonder what you're going to have in your cart just from this conversation and your echo hearing you in the background, you know, well, suggestions. Yes, that's that's the challenge. And we all know that when you go on and look for something, then the adverts follow you around for the yeah. next 20 days, basically. Right. So, um, yeah. Um, so one thing that I wanted to get your opinion on, Colin, is, you know, I work with these brands on, uh, you know, modernizing their digital experience. And not everyone has the resources, of course, that Amazon does to start to take this customer science and actually uh, use it. Um, but when we look at the in-store experience compared to the online experience, for some of these large brands, there's a huge disconnect. Uh, the analogy that I like to use is when you're on Lowe's.com or HomeDepot.com, you should smell the sawdust that you, you smell when you walk in the store. You should try to mimic that sort of experience. Uh, but I'm, I'm surprised that there is such a large gap between uh, you know, what they probably believe they're actually delivering as far as an experience and what the customer is experiencing. Um, sure. you know, what, do you, what do you see or, how, I guess, forward-looking, um, you know, what would you hope brands start to adopt and get into in the next six to nine months? So I... I... <laughs> I, I think well, the question. Yeah, no, no. It's. I, I think the interesting thing is, uh, this change is going to be forced upon them. Okay. Right. Because COVID, COVID is an accelerant. All it's done is accelerated the trends that would have been happening over the next last ten years. Right. And really, one of the massive changes is is the change to to digital. I, I I think a lot of the digital experiences that are we have today, um, are, 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 in fact, I, I wrote a white paper on this fairly recently. Um, you know, digital transformation hasn't really worked mm. because go back to the examples that I used of Glasses Direct and um, uh, and other ones. Um, you know. It, what they've done is they've taken a bad process with their customers now and they've just digitized it, okay? Right. So I think they're going to be forced into this change. But I also think it's about the interpretation, Terrence. So, I, you know, why do, why do they not think about this? Because they're still thinking in the old mindset. The, the biggest issue with improving customer experience is the mindset of the organization and the leaders in that organization yeah and whether they see things through customers eyes or not okay mm -hmm. and the danger is is they don't and therefore what happens is as you're exactly saying whilst i would agree with you you know that if they're lows they should be thinking about the sawdust and all those types of things they don't i would even go i would even go further than that and, and i would be going you know well what emotions do you want your customers to feel when they go into the when you're going into lowe's yeah or, or home depot what do you want your customers to feel when they walk out and another key question does that drive value for you? In other words, if those customers feel those things, do you get money back or loyalty back? And then when you digitize that experience, how are you going to get 
customers to feel those things in the new digit in that digital experience. Yeah, now, I think describe it as nets, like fishing nets, to capture them, and, and you want them to be caught, and of course have have a positive emotion associated with your journey. I think that's how you've put it in the past. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm just going to pick you up on one word you say, a positive emotion, yes, but I think it needs to be a specific emotion. Right. So I think you have to get into going, so do you want customers to feel valued? Mm. Do you want them to feel cared for? Do you want them to feel appreciated? Do you want them to feel trust? Do you want them, you know, what emotion do you want them to feel? Right. So not just positive. Um, one of my one of my books, um, DNA of Customer Experience: How Emotions Drive Value. We we did research uh, back in two thousand and five to two thousand and seven with the London Business School, and we identified that there are twenty emotions that drive and destroy value. In mm. other words, you know, money basically. Right. Um, and and therefore the question is, you know, in the in store experience, what what are those emotions? And also in the uh, on the digital experience, then what are the emotions and how are you going to replicate that? Mm. And sorry, just going to throw one last thing in. Yeah. In the digital experience, you can do facial expression analysis to identify how your customer is feeling during your digital experience. So you can measure that. Uh, that is complete news to me. I was unaware of that. Right. Well, that you need to listen to another one of the podcasts then. <laughs> there is fair point. So there's two things. There's facial expression and facial recognition. Facial recognition is I see that this is Terence there yep. because I recognize your face. Right. Facial expression is if I'm sitting here having a digital experience and something happens and my my eyebrows raise. Right. Uh, you can get software that tracks the fact that you've that your eyebrows have raised and in this part of the experience, therefore there's something that's happened. And it can basically track something like eight different emotions, both positive and negative emotions. Mm. Uh, and therefore at the end of it, you can go, here is the customer's digital journey. Yeah. yeah. And this is what the emotions are that they are feeling at these the eyebrows raised throughout. Yeah. yeah. And so these are the micro expressions. So it, it can be literally your pupils dilating or increasing or, a, a, you know, a, a, a bit of a smile come up or a frown or whatever else. And it's picking up, uh, you know, it's, you go back to this, you know, it, it, right. it picks up my facial recognition. And it knows whether it's me or it's all it's doing. It's the same technology. Yeah. Um, so, Colin, let's do some. Uh, let me put you on the spot because this is an impossible question to answer. So that's why I ask it. Um, H1 2021, we've accelerated now into digital, right? We've been forced to. Um, I've mentioned on a few of my uh, previous live streams, more shoppers than ever are in their sweatpants, sitting on the couch, on your website, and your website is the, the face of your brand at this point. Um, what can you tell us about what you're imagining next year to look like, maybe even the first half? Uh, and do you see any larger changes or things coming our way? A tidal wave, we can call it, in the distance. I, I think that the 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 tidal wave is uh, maybe I'm just going to coin the news phrase here, but it's digital transformation 2.0. Mm. But so, in, in other words, undoubtedly, it's going to be about um, uh, digit. You know, 
people digitizing things much more than they they have done right but undoubtedly what we are what we're also therefore seeing is um how people go about that so there will be another there'll be a group of people that plow a load of money in that uh, into the into the transformation that and it and it won't work mm. there'll be another group of people that talk about this sort of more scientific approach uh, to things and, and that's gonna that's gonna change so it, the clock isn't gonna go back um, but it's the key part for me is the key change sh should be how do organizations start putting that emotional content into their digital experience right. and how can they use that data yeah to understand customer behavior and segmentation in a much deeper way now right. to make sure i understand differentiating from just the digital investment you need to make sure the emotion is there also so the issue is that when you're talking about when you're talking about digital or you're talking about in-store or you're talking about physical experience yeah all you're talking about is a different channel right the, the customer me i'm a person and i feel things okay Mm -hmm. uh, and I have loyalty to different organizations and I dislike other organizations because of things in both positive and negative uh, things that they've done. So the, the issue for me is my experience, go back to the phrase customer experience, my experience in the digital environment. Key question, what do you want your customers to feel at the end of that experience? Right. Do you just want it to be transactional? Do you just want them to say, yeah, I went on and I got what I, what I wanted? Or right. do you want them to turn around and go, that was a really good experience and I'm going to tell people about it, uh, et cetera, et cetera? Right. Or I learned something new or I got what I was looking for in terms of product. I, yeah, differentiating from a transaction environment to a, uh, an experience is, is key. Yeah. So it's not just the, the trouble with a transactional environment is it's easily copied. Right. And you're not building up any emotional attachment. Right. What you need to be doing is through that digital experience is building up an emotional attachment. How do you do that? Well, you do that through the words that are used, the designs that are involved. You know, how do you make a customer feel appreciated when they're dealing, uh, you know, online with you? Well, it's actually about some of the images. It's about what you say to them. It's about the way that you say it. It's about the words. It's not just a transaction of bump, 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 because the right. danger with that is, is it just commoditizes everything. Right. Um, let me give you a hypothetical, Colin. So another difficult question. You're the VP of e-commerce at a brand. You've got a nice amount of budget left uh, somehow in this Q4. Uh, what excites you? What, what, where are you being pulled to invest that money? So, and, and my answer is going to be around one of the biggest problems that I think faces most organizations today, but even a year ago, okay? Mm -hmm. I want to invest that money in the area that will give me the biggest return. Right. Okay? So, the, the challenge becomes, which area is going to give me the biggest return? Now... Go back to what I said before. Disney know when they ask their customers what they want to eat at a theme park, they say they want to have an option of a salad. Yeah. 
yeah. when actually they buy hot dogs and hamburgers. Right. So and salads at Disney. Yeah. Uh, precisely. So yeah. the issue becomes you ask customers what they want. Let's again talk about digital. What do you want in a digital experience? I want you to do this, 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 and this. You do it, and then customers still don't buy from you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've and this is where that connection to behavioral sciences, you've got to get under the skin of what customers really want, right. not what they're telling you that they want. And to do that, you need to use some advanced statistics. So we we have a we have a service we call an emotional signature, which mm -hmm. basically looks at defines which emotions drives value for an organization. So yeah. if, if any CEO wants to talk to me about that, I'm happy to talk to them. But, you know, so which emotions drive value and which things, what changes would truly drive value? So if I've got some money to spend, where am I going to spend it? Where do I invest it? You want to invest it in the areas that are going to give you the biggest return. And it's not just as easy as asking customers what they want because, right. you know what, sometimes they don't know themselves. Yeah, and they're not going to tell you. Yeah. Um, so I, I know we're already over the half hour. Fritz, did you have any questions uh, from everyone? Or okay, we have one right away. So, uh, Colin, I imagine this one's for you. Uh, what is more important to understand, customer rationality or customer rationale? Okay. So uh, I so customer rationale. Uh, I'm not really sure what you're referring to with that, mm -hmm. but let me just hazard a guess. So customer rationale is what's my rationale for buying something, I guess. Mm. Okay. The danger is, again, if you go into behavioral science, what you'll understand is that, again, what people articulate and what they, what they say and what they do can be different things. So you need to understand the real motivation of, of, of a customer to be able to understand what, what to do. Let me, let me give you one quick example, again, that may help highlight what I'm talking about. We did some work with a hospital system where the perceived wisdom was and all the customer feedback was that patients were saying they wanted to spend more time with doctors. Okay, mm. um, And so so now think about that. You, well, they want to spend more time with doctors, so you increase the amount of time that they spend with doctors, which means you need to get more doctors on board, blah, 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 blah. Right? Right. What we discovered through this emotional signature was that actually it wasn't that the, they needed to spend more time with doctors. What, what we did through this research was to find out that what the patients were really saying was they felt that the doctors weren't listening to them. Mm. Okay? There is a big difference between the doctors not listening to them, which yeah. manifests itself as saying, I want to spend more time with them, because right. they thought if they spend more time with them, they'll listen to them more, and in listening to them. So you, you've got to get under the skin, and, and therefore, to answer the question, I would say it's understanding that customer rationality and why people do things. Fritz, that is all. So, uh, Colin, we might get a few more uh, with all the viewers after the, the play, but I'll keep you, of course, updated on that. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, at all. Okay. One anecdote before you go, I was impressed with a digital experience lately. I don't have glasses, but to use my wife's paintings that she puts around my house, I was on, I think it was Glasses USA or Warby Parker, 
And they actually will allow you to see what the glasses look like on your face. So I started testing it out on the animals on our walls in our house. And I thought that was pretty neat. For someone who doesn't own glasses, I could imagine it being helpful to see what they look like on my face. Yes. Uh, so worth checking out. There's still a human thing of going, I want to physically see them. So I, I wouldn't dispute that's a good thing. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're going to then spend, I don't know, 300 bucks on a pair of glasses, you you uh, you want to make sure they're the right thing or okay. or the policy is that they'll take them back. Yeah, and you didn't. They didn't have you put your credit card on your head with your numbers facing out, right? You talk about trust. How does that make me feel like I'm trusting if I'm putting a bloody credit card onto the top of my head? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, Colin, thank you so much for the time. It was a pleasure having you. Not uh, and, uh, Of course, we'll keep you updated with questions. If something rings up the ladder, we'll let you know. Great. Nice talking. Thanks, Thanks a lot. See you. So uh, thank you all for joining today. Um, and obviously, that was a pleasure. Thank you, Fritz, for cutting me out and cutting me in. A pleasure to have Colin Shaw here. Um, again, I think he was recognized as one of the top 50 LinkedIn most influential business leaders. Uh, obviously, best-selling author and speaker and uh, founder and CEO of Beyond Philosophy. But check out his podcast. Uh, as he mentioned, he's a co-host on the Intuitive Customer Podcast. Uh, it's on Spotify, uh, so it's wherever you want to listen. And uh, they, they actually segment by topic. It's pretty interesting to go through and, and find a topic that you find most relevant for your business. And again, uh, Colin is a true uh, mastermind and leader in the CX space, so I'm sure you'll find something valuable. Thank you all for the time. Make sure you like and follow us and stay tuned for next Tuesday's live stream at 11 Eastern time. Uh, but we'll continue to badger you with, with updates on that. Thank you all.